Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. I almost forgot that line, my only line. (laughs) Uh, My name is, wait, what am I doing? We're here today. (laughs) I have a good her. It's always the real simple stuff that trips you up. I've never done this before. What episode? Who am I? What is my name? <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know my name because you all, like, <laughs> we always say each other's right. name. Right. <laughs> um, so what episode number is this? Do we have any clue? <laughs> we have no clue. 5003. Okay, got it. Welcome to episode 503. <laughs> 5003. <laughs> we are here today to put the... <sighs> <laughs> Her... And <laughs> I can't do it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's going to be a lot of artistic license, I'm guessing. I mean, every I am so artistic yeah. and I have so many licenses for it. <laughs> um, we are here today to put the her and hamartiology. Oh my gosh. <laughs> do you love it? Did did you did you love it? Was it great? Okay. It's ridiculous. Hamartiology Which means I love it. Is the study of sin. And we're going to put the her in it, the her in it. I don't know <laughs> whatever what this means anymore. I've been waiting to use this one. This I... is just a thing we say at the beginning <laughs> of each episode. Yeah. And you have to live with it. Yep. Or or you fast forwarded through it and I don't right. care. Yeah. You my name is knew. Summer and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, I just want you to know that with a lot of topics that we cover specifically re- related to discipleship, When I'm thinking through what I want to say, I just lean heavily on the fact that you for sure are going to fill out any of the gaps or silly things that I said, and you'll clarify me and edit me when I need it. So it's really the the least stressful thing to prepare for. I know. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I'll just, we've, we've talked about this. We'll sit down to do episodes and we have so much, we're like, I need to find research and research and verses and articles (laughs) and all this stuff. Yeah. When really we already know what we want to say about it. Um, and then not only do we already know what we want to say about it, but the other person is this, well, is in the same position. Right. And so together. We'll like balance it out. But I'm really not worried. I'm just like, you know, if I phrase this weird, like Joy's going to balance it out. It's right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to overthink this. Right. Well, you're right. I am Joy. And I'm here with my. Joy Temshi. <laughs> She's been trying to get that in there <laughs> for the last 45 minutes. I was excited about it. I have a weird name with that. You really, it's the wise, I think. I Joy don't know. has the wise in all of her name and mm-hmm. I have ers in all of my names. Yeah. I also have like most of my names are one syllable. Short. And nothing's long. Yes. Anyway. You um, guys are welcome. That was super fascinating. Right. And you loved it. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> um, but you're right. I am Joy. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. 
I'm hurt. And <laughs> I just <laughs> want to thank you for telling me when I'm lying to myself. You're welcome. <laughs> I learned it from my husband. <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. That was like a, that's a beautiful little picture we just painted <laughs> uh-huh. for you guys. Yeah. You know what? That's, it's really actually like a helpful thing to like have someone be like, hey, you're lying to yourself right now. Someone who's just like, has the most concentrated representation of you in your most relaxed form. Yes. And they can just be like, you do this a lot and (laughs) I love it or (laughs) stop it. Right, right. (laughs) That's a lie. You're believing a lie. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really freeing and really nice. And I'm grateful for it. Like, just because you realize you're believing a lie doesn't mean you're, like, fixed automatically. Right, yeah. Sanctification is a process. Yes. But it is helpful. It's helpful to, yeah, start. That's why friendships are somewhere. important, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on that topic, <laughs> um, this is actually a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while. And I think we've kind of, in some oh, ways, yeah. maybe touched on it mm-hmm. a little bit before. In some ways. But... I want to talk about essentially adiaphora, which is a big word. It's not a big word. It's just a word you might not use in everyday conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, for the non-essentials of the faith. And how do we deal with separating what what are the essentials of the faith? What's essential to a salvific faith from what is adiaphora without being um, kind of, you know, flippant about biblical truth. And the reason I want to talk about that is because we definitely live in a time that is hermeneutically challenged. We live in a time where we are very quick to divide from brothers and sisters in the faith Mm -hmm. over disagreements on issues that are not salvific. And that is dangerous. And um, I think we need to be careful. And I think especially like given what Joy and I do, because a lot of times we talk about things that we, we talk about things that are happening in culture and in Christianity that we don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And then we bring to the table, like, here's why we don't agree with this. Here's what we do believe. Right. We do that a lot. Um, So it might be weird. You might be thinking like, you always make a big deal about non-essentials or whatever. Yeah. And so, I mean, number one, I think um, we should make a big deal about scripture Mm -hmm. and what it says. Um, But it shouldn't be this kind of thing where we're just going to kick everyone out of the kingdom over things that are not essential. But you and I also are not. Well, I'd like you. I would would like anyone to tell us the amount of times we've we've like talked about something we disagree with but also the amount of times we've said like that person's not saved <laughs> right right there's a difference between like examining something and observing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and and talking your way through it and right. and deciding that it needs to be the cause of a division right right and i i think too like having a great grasp on what is the core of the faith will really free you up to be able to have good disagreements. Right. 
And I, I think too, just um, how our generation is, is, um, you know, our culture views any kind of disagreement as intolerance and hateful. Um, whereas I think some of the most robust, helpful, edifying disagreements can actually happen in the body um, of believers. Because yes. if you, if we do agree on the essentials and we are both bought with blood, then we are free to be that very Proverbs 27 iron sharpening iron. Mm -hmm. um, and we're free to have difficult conversations in a way that the world can't have them because right. they don't have a blood bought unity. Right. And I think as a church, we need to, especially living in a, a post Christian world, we need to uh, be able to clearly articulate what the core essentials of the faith are. And then we need to be able to clearly articulate disagreement with each other in right. such a way that it's not going to like unnecessarily divide. Right. Disagreement and, doesn't need to, it doesn't need to cause right. a division. And right. sometimes, sometimes it should. Yes. But it doesn't need to. Um, yeah. I think we have these, like we have these sort of opposite ends of the spectrum here. We have, people who are disagreeing poorly um, for a variety of reasons. I think one of the big ones is probably um, online disagreement. It's easier mm -hmm. to not view the other person as a person. Um, we'll hopefully we'll get better at that because right. I don't see social media going away anytime soon. No. So I do charge you to be better and more a better steward of your um, online presence. Um, but then we also have, we have the the other end where people are um, they they embrace the gospel of nice. Jesus was a hippie. He was loving, um, and then we have people Christians looking at other. At, we have from the same camp people looking at disagreements amongst Christians and saying that's not a good testimony. People are not <laughs> going to come. Like right. if if we don't even agree with one another, right? Like how how are people going to come to Christ? Right. I also don't think that is right. an appropriate stance on it. I yeah. do think the 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 big thing here would be, do you disagree mm -hmm. well? Yeah. And I think strong disagreement, I, I don't know. I So I, I grew up in the Christian world, specifically the reformed world, and strong disagreement isn't a bad thing. Um, as a human, I mean, you're going to disagree with the people closest to you, yeah. with the people furthest from you. Mm -hmm. um, welcome to the human experience. Right. Well, and sometimes, and disagreement can be the thing that gets you yeah. where you need to go. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's, to me, a sign of a great friendship. I know we just talked about this topic. Right. Is disagreeing well. Right. And especially disagreeing for the sake of, of the other person. Right. Yes. And I, and I was so disappointed because the other day there was this, this disagreement that I thought was so tame. I thought it was a very tame disagreement among brothers. And I was so shocked at how quickly everyone was wanting to call it a war. Right. And I'm thinking how, how, what kind of daisies are we? Right. That when there's any kind of disagreement among brothers, we faint. Right. Go get your fainting couch or right. man up is really how I feel right. about yeah. it. Like, um, where is your passion? 
Right. There's such a thing as unbridled passion. Bad and thing. that's not a good thing. <laughs> right. That lacks self-control. Yes. Um, but you can be, I mean, the Bible is passionate. It's very passionate. There was a very, yes. very extreme act that occurred to purchase yes. your salvation. <laughs> yes. Um, uh-huh. And Jesus wasn't feeling like, nah, what about it? Right. He he wept over it. He called out to the Father. Yep. I mean, it, it's intense. Yes. There is room for intensity. And yep. then, I mean, if you want to talk about scripture, there's room for division. Absolutely. I mean... Right. And I've we're come not... with the sword, uh, right. you know, like, yes. yes. And I think obviously I think we're it's not a, a lot of it's in Matthew, right? Like, just read Matthew. And right. I and... think we can establish that division is okay as long as it fits a certain. Right. And uh, the, we don't necessarily today want to talk about when do you divide with a false teacher or how do you do that? We're just going to say, if you're a false teacher, you should be marked and avoided. Um, but I'm name we namely want to talk about, okay, what about division in the church? So, um, I think you just, first you have to start and be able to think through what makes one a Christian and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that comes the really hard part, which is, let's say, what do we do if we are convinced that our brother or sister is in sin and this issue is not adiaphora it is not right not essential um someone is doing something that is sinful but what if that brother or sister doesn't think it's sinful mm-hmm. then and this is happening in the body um what do you do in that position and that's a that's a way more difficult question to answer yeah um and it, there are certain things that are very explicitly laid out mm-hmm. and then there are other things mm-hmm. and then great. there's plenty of things we deal with like because of the way that our culture has moved because of technology there's a lot of things that aren't like explicitly mentioned right like our online presence isn't you won't see those words in the bible <laughs> right. if you do see those words in your bible <laughs> we need to get you an esb yeah well, can we get something man, else maybe an NASB. And anything but that honestly at this point what is that <laughs> Um, but I would argue that when it comes to the, our community, um, I think we should care far more for whether or not someone understands the doctrine of imputation and what was accomplished on the cross, then we should care about whether or not they, uh, have a tattoo or whether or not they, uh, you know, they watch certain things that you wouldn't watch. Right. Um, we should care far more for those things. And a lot of times I think what we lose in the conversation is the aspect of the relationship. Um, because so there are people in my life. So I, I think I could come to you mm-hmm. and tell me if I'm wrong or not and be like, Joy, I think you're in sin for X, Y and Z. Right. Like, I think this might be a sin issue. Oh, that would be a tough conversation. X, Y, and Z. Three things. <laughs> three, three of them. Wow. Um, I mean, if there are three things, I need you to come to me. Exactly. Please. But see, so like we have this foundation of a relationship where we could have these tough conversations. Um, if I didn't know you from Adam and you just walked into the church door for the first time. Right. And I noticed that you, I don't know. 
what can you just notice from i don't know i wasn't i'm not fundamentalist well that's what i mean like if if yeah if you don't know me i just walked into the church and you feel like you need to talk to me because you're sitting tattoos or, and right. i didn't head cover and i did and i wasn't wearing right. a dress into service right is it really important that the first thing I say to you is like, hey, I so I noticed that you didn't cover. So I think you're in sin. Right. Welcome to right. Apologia. Nice if to have you. If you see someone and your first assumption is that they're not saved. <laughs> right. You might want to rethink that. I've right. walked into so many churches and I'm not like this isn't a woe is me moment. I really don't mind at all. I understand first impressions. I understand cultural differences. I understand generational differences. Totally get it. But I've walked into churches before and I'm treated like I'm not like, oh, we're so glad you're here so we can give you the gospel. And I'm just like, <laughs> that can't be your first assumption about me. Come right, on. Right. There has to be a level of relationship before you can even know something right, like that. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to just look at someone and decide like, oh, this person for sure can't be a Christian. My dad tells this story of this time when he was a kid, his mom took him to this church. I don't know why they were visiting, but they were visiting this church. And he said that the entire sermon was about pantsuits. And if women wear pantsuits, they are literally on a slide into hell. And so there is a... Well, there's the X, and X <laughs> Y, and Z. I mean, the pants, the top. <laughs> What's the Z? Uh, suits. <laughs> the suits. Why are you wearing that? Why, why are you wearing that? You're obviously going to hell. Um, so obviously that's like a really easy, clear example of a time when someone is making a pantsuit a salvific issue. Um, but there are times where... Uh, differing. I mean, if, okay. So I think head covering is a good example. Mm -hmm. If you if you believe head covering is required, then not head covering is sinful. So how do you approach? How right. do you approach that topic? Well, and I understand there's like some there's some there's a lot of grace to be had in especially with the head covering topic, um, because obviously, like grace from both sides. Let yeah. me just say that. Yes. Because obviously if you head cover, you do it because you believe that it is Required. a faithful way to worship. Right. And so in a way, you you do believe that this is the the better way. Yeah. Head covering is better than mm -hmm. it's more faithful than not head covering. Right. Um so Well, I would go so far to say is if it's if it's something that's required, then if you're not right. doing it, you're in sin. Right. I know some people wouldn't want to take that position, but I also think if something's required in scripture, not doing it is a sin. So let's just say that. Right. Like let's just yeah. own it. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I, I mean, know if, some if people... you have to wear a pant if you can't wear a pantsuit, then wearing <laughs> a pantsuit is sin. Right. Um, but so obviously there would be a disagreement between the person who head covers and the person who doesn't right um how does that happen in harmony right like there is there is some there's grace that needs to be given mm -hmm. on on both sides you yeah. can't like we're not saying both people are right right that's not what i want to say right um, no don't take it that way right but. I mean, yeah, one side is right and one side is wrong. That um, can't be both ways. But so I think that I think the answer to a lot of 
division um, is. By the way, also, that was not us starting something with the head covering no, movement at uh, all. No, I was just using it as an example. Yeah, right. Just purely, just I'm so totally you guys know. <laughs> I'm totally fine with somebody saying, like, you're in sin if, like, this is what I believe. I would prefer if someone believed that not head covering was sinful for them to just straight up tell me that. Right. I would yeah. prefer that. I don't need... I don't need any pillows like just you know what I mean like I would prefer that right but um I think the answer to a lot of this is to trust the Holy Spirit and what I mean by that is that um we need to be patient with one another and trust that the Holy Spirit it will convict our brothers and sisters when they're in sin that doesn't mean we don't approach them about it that doesn't right. mean that that god might god might use you to convict someone right and we that's so i'm not saying oh just let go and let god that's not what i'm saying at all please don't hear that however we should not downplay the role of the holy spirit in believers lives right and we should be patient and strive towards patience and grace when we're dealing with this within the body. Right. So, well, and if you if you don't trust the Holy Spirit to sanctify and work in that person's life, mm -hmm. you don't believe they're saved. Right. Right. Exactly. And um, I feel like I'm talking about Eric a lot today. <laughs> uh, I mean, but you spend a lot of time. I do spend a lot of time with him. You are one. So. <laughs> that's true. Okay. So I feel like that's just something that he's really good at is being really patient and not freaking out um, with other people or even with me. Just like, okay, so here's an issue. But we're, I'm dealing with a believer. So I can confront this. I can speak to it. But I don't have to carry the stress of how this situation is going to play out. Right. Because this person is a believer and the Holy Spirit is working in them and they will be sanctified. And if I can be a means or a tool to that end, great. But um, it's, it is really nice to be in a relationship with somebody who trusts the, whole, the role of the Holy Spirit in their yeah. life. Because... It's not your job to convict other people or to change them, like to convict them in a changing way. You right. might be the means to that yeah. end, but you you aren't doing that. Right. That's not your work. Right. To be done. Right. And you won't be able to do it. So, so just give yourself a break. And <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and how we approach someone when we think they're in a sin issue, they're in a sin issue when they're have a sin <laughs> issue. Um, is is largely going to depend on the kind of relationship we have with right. them. Um, and I think that that's also really freeing. Uh, just knowing that uh, there are some people that you can just say the tough thing to. And that's great. Yeah. And there are some people that you might need to develop a relationship with first. Right. Um, and and never never lying to them or taking a part in it or pretending that it's not there. But... Right. Um, I just think that a lot of times because of the worldly way in which we view disagreement, we're really bound to a lot. We're bound to defensiveness. We're bound to being easily agitated. We're bound to being easily offended. Um, 
because we're not trusting the Holy Spirit to do this, this sanctifying work in that person's life. And because we are quick to offense ourselves. So we just kind of treat everyone else like they are too, or like they're trying to be offensive. And I just think it causes a lot of unnecessary division and heartache and lack of relationship. And I mean, just hang out on Twitter for a minute. (laughs) Well, and I do, I think there is also, there's an element there, or rather there can be an element of self exaltation in division Um, If you are going to someone because you know you're right, if you're going to someone because you'll get some sort of accolade for going to them and helping them and pointing this thing out, um, I think the point is, well, and and we we can trust God for this, that he will give us a burden for people. Yeah. To take, yeah. The desire to want to take care of people, the desire for people to be sanctified. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I just, this is not, it's, it's kind of a, I don't want anyone to misunderstand this episode. You might, um, we can't, we can't address every specific instance of <laughs> good division in the church and bad division in the church. Right. Um, but you should care about the person who you are confronting mm-hmm. or at least care largely about the, the health of the church before you confront somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, does that make, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think also too, just clinging to what the essentials are. Right. Um, I think it would be really helpful within the body, you know, it, you know, something like, you know, their church splits over wine or grape juice and communion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, it, I don't think that is an issue to split over, right. but there are people who honestly believe if, if you're not using specifically wine in communion, then you're not really taking communion. Right. Um, and okay. <laughs> um, is that I don't think that it's something we're splitting over. Right. I do think there there is. Um, I think if you can't fellowship there, then don't fellowship there. Right. If you but don't make it a salvific right. issue yeah. is what I'm saying. Don't try to split the church over a non salvific issue. I'm not saying how we take communion isn't important because right. it absolutely is important. Um, I grew up in churches that were that only served grape juice. I think wine should be served. Right. Is it an issue I'm going to split over? Like right. never, ever, ever, ever. And what I'm saying is don't intentionally go to a church that does something different than you just to like, <laughs> just to cause drama. Right. <laughs> right. Just want you guys to know you are not really taking communion. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. You like go through the whole membership and everything. And then right. you're like, um, <laughs> just so you guys know, <laughs> we need to have a talk. That would indicate mm-hmm. like sort of a self thing. Like yeah. that's for you. Yes. It's not for the health of the believer or right. the body at large. Also, don't be the person who's so immature that when you see a disagreement that you automatically have a total freak out and right. be like, there's a war, there's a war. Right. Like, no, grow up. Yeah. Be able to. There, there's a there's an element of discipline and self-control um that you need to bring to the table and ultimately well, and that's sanctified too 
if you see someone that is legitimately freaking out on another person, Mm -hmm. there is something you can say to them. Mm -hmm. But also, Mm -hmm. like you said, you can trust that like the cage stage, if they are in Christ, that can't, that can't. It's not going to last. Christ will sanctify them out of that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really like a two, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just twofold, but. Right. Right. For the sake of what we just said, twofold. Yes. (laughs) Um, this kind of thing, division, disagreements, understanding the core of Christianity, caring for others more than being right, being able to disagree well and dialogue, all of these have an element of self-control and maturity that's necessary. But I would argue, uh, it's necessary for all of life. You, mm-hmm. if you're in a marriage, yeah, you're going to disagree and there needs to be a level of maturity, grace, self-control right. when you go into the, any right. relationship you have on the face of the planet. Well, that's why I just don't buy the whole, like, if people see you disagreeing, right. how will they come to Christ? Because right. people who say that do disagree. You can't <laughs> right. get away. They're disagreeing with your disagreement. Right. There, there really is no, like, gospel of nice. Right. Because you will, even the strong, faithful, obedient, prayerful Christian mm-hmm. is going to disagree with their spouse. Yeah. Is going to disagree with their kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not... We don't live in a place Mm -hmm. where it's possible to just never do it. It's impossible to have a relationship with someone who won't stand for any kind of disagreement. Right. The the question isn't whether or not we're going to disagree. The question is whether or not you are going to, how you're going to deal with it. Right. And it's frequently the people who are so worried about empathy and tolerance that are the least empathetic and tolerant to anybody who might disagree with them. Right. And it's almost a joke anymore. Like, Mm. it's just how it is. Um, where's the grace? Where's the maturity? Um, what are you really caring about in this moment? Is it that everyone has to agree with you? Is this the idol of self showing itself in another way? Um, so yeah. So within the context of believers, I just really think that we need to focus on, um, disagreeing well to the glory of God and not being afraid of robust dialogue and conversation with the end goal of being iron that sharpens iron. Right. That's it. That's all I got. That's perfect. Um, can I just plug a feminist of the week in two sentences? I'm, can I also do that? Yes. Okay. Oh, whoa, this is weird. Okay. Mine like involves homework. Like you're going to have to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then you'll go last because mm-hmm. mine doesn't. Okay. So this is feminist of the week we've never done that i know i would just like to nominate cecil richards for this amazing tweet this unforgettable tweet i should screenshot this tweet and just keep it because uh if we ever don't have a feminist of the week we'll just cecil richards check see what she's up to see what cecil's doing (laughs) um so with the the supreme court judge announcing his retirement last week the, or two weeks ago, the entire Twitterverse had a meltdown because, um, and Cecil Richard screenshot or took a picture of a debate between Hillary and Trump during the election cycle. And she wrote, Donald Trump committing in televised debate to appoint only judges that will overturn Roe versus Wade. 
this is not a drill. <laughs> and just watching this freak out. Oh, yeah. Is it's like better than TV. Honestly, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that they're so upset because <laughs> I mean, I would love for them to be right. This is like the one time I really want right. them to get what they think is going to happen right. because they think that Roe versus Wade might be overturned and they're all losing their minds. And it brings me so much joy. And she is the feminist of the week because she's having a total meltdown that it might not be legal to kill your baby in the womb. That's it. That's my, that was more than two sentences. <laughs> so I'm going to shut up. Um, I'm going to give you guys a feminist of the week that allows you to um, ex like work out your critical thinking skills. I'm going to nominate Carl Rogers. <laughs> okay. And all I really want you guys to do is look into him. Okay. Well, and there's see probably if you can a lot figure of Carl Rogers. Which one? Carl A. Rogers. He was a psychologist. Okay. Um. So writing this down. Yeah. So just look through what he has to say. Okay. And see if you can tell why I nominated him for feminist of the week. Yep. All right, guys, that's it. We Leave have us a voicemail about it. 470. At... I got this. 470-465-0475. Yeah. Way to go. I did it. I did it. It only took me, I don't know. Well, and months. next week it won't. You won't. I won't I mean, have the next it. time we I know. record, I, it'll I be the same it. thing. That's fine. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> we'll forget it. <laughs> we have new I shouldn't say we. Because <laughs> you, you really, don't know it. You really do. Yeah, you can't forget something you don't know. Right. And, um, <laughs> and you really do an excellent job at forgetting remembering it. Remembering it. Oh, do I? Even though you think you forget it every time. I do, yeah. You really do know it. I just get real insecure that yeah. I'm that I don't know it. You do know it. I do. I got this. Mm -hmm. <sighs> she persisted. <laughs> um, so anyway, we have new Patreon only content. If you would like to support us, keep us on the airwaves. Six bucks a month will get you some Patreon only content. We've got videos and posts and you can message us on there. And that's it. See you next week. Yeah. Happy